In this episode of Physics Twist, how spiders fly without wings, how koalas can survive eating toxic eucalyptus, and why the planet between Saturn and Neptune, you know the one, is a little bit wonky. <laughs> you know, say the name of it. No, 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 I know, I'm going to. Eventually. No. Alright, g'day, Quill. Hi, Duncan, how are you going today? I am pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah, pretty good. Ready for some podcasting? I am, always. Got some great stories for our listeners today. We certainly do. I do this every day if I could, be yeah. amazing. Um, but that's okay, we are serving the kids. School holidays, it's a busy mm, time. It Lots is. Lots of fun activities going on all over Sydney. Absolutely. And there's also some big things in the works here, but there we're not going to talk about those just yet. No. no. All right. So, first thing I wanted to talk about this week, flying electric spiders. Ooh, <gasps> that huge, sounds cool. big news. So, basically, as I mentioned in the intro, spiders can fly. They do it without wings. The way they do it, so basically they have this thing that they call ballooning or kiting. Ooh. They don't call it that, obviously. We do. They, don't, they, don't they call might call it anything. that in spider language. If they, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and basically what happens when they do ballooning or kiting is they kind of like shoot out some silk. Mm-hmm. Like a Spider-Man would do if he yep. was That's what I'm thing. using. Yep. Um, they release some silk and then they just fly away okay and so like we used to think that that was because they would just sort of migrate on these like big currents of air or whatever now what's cool about this is they do it yeah when they want to migrate and they also do it when it rains and they need to get away and that sort of stuff do they use it like as a silk parachute kind of thing yeah that's kind of the idea so they use it to like it lifts them up into the air and then it brings them back down and they kind of just like float down it's really cool anyway so um when they do that, they can actually fly up to four kilometers in the air. Ooh. And in case you were wondering, that's approximately 44 football fields high. Whoa, there's <laughs> Just, our football field analogy. Exactly. Yep. So it could be raining spiders, legitimately. Absolutely. And that's what um, I think it was Charles Darwin actually saw that when he was on the Beagle. Yeah. He saw these like showers of spider- spiders and he was like, what on earth is going on over there? Wow. Um, and he... Um, that's an arachnophobe's uh, worst nightmare, Absolutely. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be around for that. Um, so previously, you know, people had seen this and wondered what's going on. They thought it was because they were using those air currents to sort of provide that lift that they need. Um, but now we know that there's actually this sort of electric current or electric field that's in between like the earth itself, the earth's surface and something called the ionosphere. And the ionosphere is part of the earth's upper atmosphere that's ionized. And that means it has a sort of, it either has a positive or negative yeah, charge. Yeah, so it's charged. Just like it's if charged. we have like, say, magnets or yeah. things like that, they can have a charge too. Yeah, like, or you can be charged if you rub a balloon on your head. Yeah, like if you jump on the trampoline and you get all staticky, yeah. that means you've got a negative charge. So exactly. So you're able to have a charge. So this ionosphere also has a charge. Or the, charge. Air, the air has a charge. Fantastic. That's right. And so there's this thing called the, ready for some big words, atmospheric potential gradient. Ooh. Wow. And that's the part that's in between, you know, that has that charge. So that basically means the difference between certain yeah. parts of the atmosphere, right? Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Um, hence the gradient part. Gradient, yeah. exactly. Um, so there's, you know, we call this the APG. And thunderstorms, they act like a sort of giant battery for wait, the, for the wait, APG. Wait, missed an opportunity. What's that? APG. <laughs> APG, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I told you I was feeling silly yeah. today. Is that Finding Nemo reference? Yes. <laughs> The EAC, yeah. <laughs> East Australian current, man. Anyway, <laughs> I warned him I was in a silly I like movie. a battery. 
for the APG, which means they sort of they charge it up, right? And so they maintain it's stormy, the it charges up the charges up the APG, gets to make sure that there's lots yep. of charge in it. Wow! Um, so it's this huge electric field. And the, there were these researchers called Erica Morley and Daniel Robert. And they're from the University of Bristol, and they caught some spiders um, while they were doing this balloon trap thing. Yeah. And they set up this experiment where they removed all the air currents yep. from this particular room that they were in. So no air is moving around. No air is moving there, around whatsoever. Yeah. And they removed any atmospheric electricity that was already there. Right. Okay. Then they turned on an artificial electric field. Okay. To see what would happen. So they put in some charge in there to make it like what would be happening. Yeah. Outside. Well, they removed it to make sure that like that's their control, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's absolutely nothing going on in that room. No air. No electricity. Then they added in their own electricity, yeah. and then watch what happened. And they found that the spiders they just go. Phoom. <laughs> Straight up. up in the air, they just flew up when the field was turned <gasps> on, and so That's cool. the spiders like they noticed that the electric current of the field was turned on, and then they used that field to shoot themselves up in the air. So wow. that's kind of like a sort of a catalyst for them to go, oh, it's time to migrate or something like that. Or say rain's coming. So do spiders move around? They move around more when we've got thunderstorms. Yep. If you put spiders on the trampoline, oh. Would they, they love fly it. away? <laughs> you could double up their bounce, right? Yeah, you could double <laughs> bounce the spider. You could charge as like them a up. launching pad, and yeah. then they'd be covered in that negative static electricity, yeah. and then off they go. Yeah, they could travel halfway around the yeah. Earth, as far as I'm wow. concerned. Fire spiders to the moon. Oh, oh, no, we'd start a colony of spiders on the moon. Moon spiders. Yeah, not at all. I'm not a fan Paint of that idea. Pending moon spiders. Yep. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Moon spiders. Um, anyway, so they turn on the field. Spiders fly, they turn off the field, and the spiders would glide down. So they don't just drop. They, they don't glide drop. down. They're able to, because they have that, they're still using a part of the, little the web. silky parachute. Yeah, cool. exactly. Um, and then they could turn it back on, and the spiders would fly away again. So there you go. How confused would you have been if you were a spider in that room? That's like, a oh, I'm just chilling, and then... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a cool experiment. Mm. That would be, like, great to put someone in that hated spiders in yeah, that room. Exactly. I've got a certain husband you putting... that hates spiders. <laughs> I was, was going to say, are you putting your hand up for that? <laughs> I, look, I actually don't mind spiders. I'm the spider catcher in our house. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the spider Good on catcher. You. Um, I think I am as well. Yeah. But I, I live with another 27-year-old man. So. Yeah. So I used to live with a bunch of a bunch of um, guys, mm -hmm. and I was always the spider catcher. I would have two or three guys on the couch while I was catching the spiders. That's okay. That's okay. Everyone does different things. And as a scientist, I'm not bothered by animals in general. Mm. But I'm a scientist of sorts as well, and mm. I am bothered by animals. <laughs> You're a space junk scientist, yeah, yeah, exactly. and I am a biologist. Aliens, great. Spiders, not, not so, so much. Yeah, exactly. That being said, the guy from Men in Black, who was like made of cockroaches and stuff, yeah. the most disgusting thing I've ever yeah, seen. Both cockroaches and an alien. Sugar water. Sugar. <laughs> water. <laughs> water with sugar. Good film. Oh, Good film. Sorry. Vintage film. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, what do you think of that? Anything that's else? Amazing. It's I think pretty, that's fantastic. It's pretty cool, isn't it? I yeah. often wondered, and I always, in my mind, I just had, you know, how dandelions, like they kind of, their little seed pods catch the wind. Mm. I always imagined spiders in a similar way, like they kind of just send that up with the wind, but take that wind out. Yes, yeah, still, still works. Chuck in a bit of electricity, yeah. and off they go. It's not, and they can detect it and then use it as well. I mean, yeah. Boggles the mic. A lot of animals are a lot more sensitive to um, charges and electricity in the universe. And, I mean, well, in the earth mm. um, than we are. Like Absolutely. really sensitive. And I think there's something about dogs. They dogs like to actually do their poos. 
um, apparently in alignment. Already, folks. <laughs> in alignment. I, this could be wrong. We're going to come back next podcast and I'll tell you this is correct or not. But I'm pretty sure there's a thing about dogs wanting to um, go to the toilet in alignment with the magnetic, magnetic field, field of the earth. Yeah, I've heard so that. my dog will do like 4,000 circles <laughs> and to get it takes like 20 minutes perfectly. to line up before she does her business. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes, this yeah. is the spot. Anyway, that was a offside. That's a nice, a nice aside. Also, homing pigeons and other, yeah, t- and other yeah, types of migratory yeah. birds will also use the um, magnetic field of yeah. the earth. So I've read. You know what else they use as um, sort of like beacons for their navigation? They use highways. What? Yeah. Yeah, homing pigeons will use highways. So they'll fly along with, with highways. How nuts is that? Because they, I mean, they can see. The old they know that it's an These days they use Google Maps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're up in up in the air like where's my atlas <laughs> gotta go around to the boot it's raining anyway that's crazy so there you go that's a good one I think that's quite fun uh, moving on that is that fun moving yeah. on what else have we got so koalas koalas are awesome koalas they are fantastic not the best diet in the world no um, have you ever eaten gum leaves eucalyptus gum I've tried. Really? Just out of interest. I was expecting a strong no. No, you should have known me better than that. (laughs) It's Quill, of course she has. Look, I was just interested to see if the flavor was as strong as the smell. You know how often smells Mm. are really potent in your nose, and then when you go to eat something, you're like, this doesn't smell, taste like what it smells like. Yeah. So? It it just is not pleasant. No. Yeah. It's not. No. It's not like, I was thinking like a eucalyptus drop. This was the... They're Beautiful quite nice, they actually. are. That was the visualization I had of yeah. tasting. I imagine the leaves would be a bit more sort of acidic. Tasting. Yeah, they're not. Is it a bit nice. like that? They're, they're kind of chemically tasting. They're really, really hard and rigid, so they yeah. just kind of dig into your mouth. Um, you remember it well. How old were you? 32? This <laughs> <laughs> last year. Last birthday. Had a eucalyptus cake. <laughs> this was a terrible idea. Why did I ask for this? I feel like I might have done it more than once. I feel like I did it as a child and then I, like, Wanted to show my nieces and nephews about yeah. it, and then I demonstrated for them again. Anyway, back so we, to the we story. can ask them what they think <laughs> yeah. as well later on. Um, so yeah, not so nice, are they? No. Um, but eucalyptus gum leaves are the only thing that koalas eat, right? So mm. there's a bunch of different species of, of eucalyptus tree, yeah. um, and they'll kind of eat all of them, but all eucalyptus yeah. gum. Um, and there's very little nutritional value yeah. inside of them. And they're also highly toxic. And right? not much variety. Not much variety at no. all. You'd be so bored, wouldn't yeah. you? Oh. They have so little nutritional content in them that koalas will sleep 20 hours a day. Yeah. Right? Because they're just getting nothing no. from those from those leaves. Just um, so how do they survive? So, yeah, it turns out they're extremely toxic, right? So they should be, their body should be shutting down. Like, it makes them nauseous. It makes them vomit. Like, all kinds of weird stuff. Um, So there's, I don't think, I can't name any other animals that eat such a terrible diet. No. Or such a narrow and toxic diet. So, yeah, we found out how they do it. And the way that we found out is that they sequenced the genome of the koala. Right, right, so this so, means they've actually studied and looked at the DNA, which is little tiny blocks that make up all of life, yep. and looked at that sequence and found out what the sequence is for the, for koalas specifically. For koalas, yeah. yeah. So previously okay. we've done this for humans. Yeah. Done it for all kinds of things. Really. Mm. Bananas have had their genome sequenced, lots and lots of other animals. Maybe not as well and as complete yeah. as, as humans, but now the koala does. Yeah, and once um, we have this sequence, we can learn a lot about what makes them and, and yeah. why they do certain things and why they have certain features and stuff because we understand all the little bits of DNA that make up. Totally. Maybe not all of them, but the idea yeah. is that once it's sequenced, you can kind of read it like a book yeah. and go, this is what okay. this part does and what this cool. part, what this so part does. So they found out what? So they found out that they've got these 
genes. Mm-hmm. And genes are, you can probably explain this better than I can. Genes are what, when all that DNA goes together, the genes are certain um, things that will happen. So you might get a gene, um, it'll be a bunch of DNA together, and in that certain sequence, it tells you that Duncan has got beautiful bluish eyes. Yeah, Blue-ish. so Duncan's got beautiful eyes. <laughs> or that uh, you might be tall and all these different things. Mm. So genes basically um, control different features of yeah. someone. Yeah. So like, yeah, absolutely. Like whether you've got a big nose or a small nose and all kinds of weird yeah. stuff. Totally. Um, a good example of that would be whether your earlobes are free hanging or mm-hmm. attached. What are yours? Attached. Mine are free hanging. There, oh, you, there go. you go. Big old, big old free yeah. hanging. So at home, have a feel. Is your earlobe attached? Like yeah. right down the bottom? Does it connect straight to your head? Or does it just kind of have a little, little dropping down bit? bit. There? Yeah. So yeah. there's a specific gene for that. Anyway, so they found a family of genes that create these enzymes inside of the koala's stomach. Um, if you care to know, it's called the cytochrome P450 family. There you Fantastic. go. Um, and that is the type of enzyme that breaks down the toxins inside of gum leaves. Wow. And turns out koalas have absolutely like they make heaps of this enzyme that's my okay. understanding of it anyway. yeah so, so enzymes basically we know enzymes are really important enzymes do lots of different jobs around the body but one of the really important ones especially in our stomachs is that there's enzymes specific to different things so mm. for example i'm lactose intolerant which means i don't have the enzyme which is called lactase which breaks down lactose which is a sugar that's in milk so people that are lactose intolerant they won't have that enzyme which basically means it cuts up those sugars and then allows your body to process it. So if we don't have it, it means instead of being cut up and being digested and processed properly, it basically gets really toxic inside your stomach instead. And you don't feel very good. And you don't afterwards. feel very good. No, no. exactly. Cool. So yeah, they've got this enzyme in the same way that we do that's specific for breaking down the toxic toxin of gum leaves. Fantastic. So we obviously don't have that. If we no. eat a whole heap of gum leaves like a certain person in this room did, um, then you see. would feel very ill. It was a little ill. <laughs> But they've got this, yeah, it says it's multiplied, multiplied a family of genes. Okay, so not yeah. only do they have, they're not making just one little bit of this and they're making a huge amount of this. Huge amount of this stuff. Okay, that's exactly. great. Exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's got like lots of different copies, I guess, of that. They could also taste and avoid bitter flavors. Okay. And they can even smell water and choose juicy leaves. Wow. So they actually don't drink water. No, no, that's like they get all their water from the leaves. From leaves, so they're able to actually go, Yeah. that's a good one, I'm having that. That's full of moisture. Yeah, exactly. Which is amazing when you consider how dry eucalyptus leaves normally yeah. look. Like, <laughs> they don't look very good, They're usually pretty they? dry looking yeah. leaves. Wow. Yeah, not where I choose to get my water from, no. personally. Although, yeah. have you, did you ever see that photo of a, a koala that was like, it survived a bushfire and there was a fireman who was oh, giving it water? Oh, and it was water? drinking from a water yeah. bottle. Poor little thing, yeah. I didn't see that photo. I guess he was... Pretty desperate. Very yeah. yeah. Very desi. Is that what you said? Very thirsty. Oh, I said desi. And it's like, he's desperate. He's desi. <laughs> very thirsty. I'm so, sorry, it was desi. That means desperate. Yeah. There you go. So I like that one because it's a nice little that is Australian relevant. Bit of Australian understanding. And it's amazing what we can find out by sequencing these things. Mm. So all these things that you're like, well, we know that they do this and they don't get sick, but there must be a reason why. So mm-hmm. A lot of science is just finding out why we didn't do these things. Mm. Why they can eat them and we can't. Yep. Stuff like that. And then maybe we could say, cut that little bit of a gene out, put it into our own, our own genome. And it yeah. also be resistant to could. toxins. I mean, what you could definitely do is you don't want to maybe put it in your own genome. Is no, you can make these it. enzymes and take them as tablets. Ooh. Right, so that's what they do with the lactase ones. So the ones for lactose intolerance. You can actually take a lactase tablet. Really? Indeed. Trust me. I keep a box in my I bag. I trust you. Yeah, yeah, because there's a certain chocolate milk 
when I go home to where I grew up and it's the best chocolate milk in the world. So whenever I go home, I have a lactase tablet which That's allows me to drink dairy and I have me one of those great chocolate milks. I never knew that. I never knew there was a tablet Yeah, for that. so you can actually get them for a lot of things. They make tablets, generic tablets that will actually cover um, enzymes for a bunch of different food intolerances. Wow, what a crazy world we live in. There you go. It's okay. a great thing if you're intolerant. <laughs> And if you happen to live somewhere with a, um, you know, a good spread of eucalyptus gum leaves and they're yeah. looking really tempting, Who it's, knows? it's a bright Next future stop. for you, my what friend. What was the name of it? IP84? Uh, it was <laughs> Cytochrome P450. Cytochrome P450 yeah. tablets. Shout looking, out some eucalyptus. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> uh, guess what, Quill? What? It's time for Fact of the Week. Ooh. Fact of the Week. Fact of the Week. Fact of the Week. Nice. Worst thing <laughs> ever. What are you talking about? I spent hours composing that thing. Um, what do we got? You ready? Mm-hmm. This is this one's nice and simple. Okay. The kanji. Kanji is a Japanese alphabet. Oh. The kanji for electron literally translates as electricity child. I love that. Isn't that nice? That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to Japan. There you go. Next you can year. tell everyone gonna, about the electricity child. I'm going to say electricity yeah, child. I'm just imagining it as a sort of like stuffed plush toy sort of yeah. thing. Hello, I'm the electricity child. <laughs> you know what I'm imagining? <laughs> What's that? The child of Raiden. What's that? Did you? Oh, I might be too old. What <laughs> you know the guy that shoots electricity? <laughs> He's got a little baby. Yeah, that's before my time. <laughs> oh, that's so old. Oh, dear. Uh, that's, that's cool. I like that. Now, the question is, because kanji... Kanji? I said kanji. Kanji. Is pictures a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, these Japanese pictures actually kind of look a bit like things. Now, please tell me it looks like a little kid with, like, a lightning bolt coming Let's out find the out. side of its head. Oops, I've just Googled kanji. Um, really I've cool. Google kanji electron. Let's find out, people. Mm, I'm not... Not saying <laughs> I'm, not That's really, unfortunate. I'm not really seeing it. I mean, if you really use your imagination and squint. Let me have a look. I think it's that one. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> oh, that one kind of looks like a face. Oh, there you go. A face with some electrons coming out. Yeah, it kind of looks like oh, he's shaking his arm or something. Child. Or I really like that. Child. That's great. Yeah. We should get a little plush. Do we have a plush toy here of an electricity child? Of an electron? I don't think so. They they do have the Monanster when we've done the workshops there. Oh, yeah? I have a photon at home. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, let's hit up eBay. Mm-hmm. Slash Gumtree. Maybe, that could, be, maybe that could be a prize for our next secret sound. <sighs> don't give them any ideas. A toy electron. Yeah. Or maybe just one of our plush toys in general. We've got lots of cool toys spirits. of microbes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do we have enzymes? I don't know. I know that we've got um, bugs that make you sick. We and do. We've, we've got red blood cells. We've got white blood cells. We've got platelets. We do. It's we've a whole got variety, nerve really. cells, brain cells, all sorts of things. Really, yeah. neurons. Neat. We've got chickenpox. <gasps> no, we don't have chickenpox. No. We've got the plush toy we've for chickenpox. Good. Chicken yeah. Just in case anyone was wondering, mm-hmm. should I still have physics come to my school? The answer is yes. <laughs> we don't have. We don't chickenpox. have chickenpox. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting very distracted today. Anyway, that's Sorry. the fact of the week. Electronic Great fact. Translates as electricity child. I love that fact. Good. Third story of the week. So. Wait, <coughs> is it about space? Oh, you got me. <laughs> it's about that funny planet in between Saturn and Neptune, which is called... Pizza box. No. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> that one's undiscovered. Oh. By anyone other than us. The other one in between Saturn and Neptune is called... 
It's called Uritis. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. Okay, we, 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 yep, we got a little bit excited by that one. So, all the planets in the solar system, as it turns out, I like, I like how you've got your serious face on I'm, right now. I'm being very serious. Very serious. I'm trying not to laugh. I'm yep. in a silly mood. All the planets in the solar system are more or less oriented the same as the sun, right? And that so means that they're in the they're same direction. They're pointing in the same direction. The same way, yeah. Yeah. So, if you think of north as being up and south as being down, yeah. which we often do, they're all kind of pointed in the same direction, right? Yeah. Uh, except. Uranus. There you go. Okay. So Which way is Uranus pointing? It is kind of, it's <laughs> it's tilted 98 degrees. So that means it's completely lying on its side. <laughs> Quill, stop it. Come on, bring it, bring it back. <laughs> Have a glass of water. <laughs> so it's tilted on its side. So everything else is kind of pointing up. They're all paint, pointing the same direction. But Uranus is lying <laughs> on its side, <laughs> which is weird. It's spinning in a completely different direction. Which means it also has a really weird, like, magnetic field around it. Yeah, it's disorientated compared to the other ones. Completely different direction. Yeah, wow. And you end up with something called the strobe effect, where... I'm just going to call it Uranus, because it's much better. Is <clears throat> able to switch its magnetic field on and off. Oh, wow. At regular That's intervals, cool. because of the way that it's spinning, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to it being on, like, on its side, the magnetic field is off-center by about 60 degrees. Mm. Earth's... Magnetic field is off-center by about 11. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, Didn't know that. Also, the planet's really cold. Yep. Like, way colder than it should be. Yeah. Um, one pole is always warmer than the other because mm -hmm. it's, like, lying on its side, yeah, so it's constantly spinning around like that. Um, and each... Because the planet takes about 84 Earth years to go around the sun, it means that one side is always warmer mm. for about 40 years. Wow. And then you get around to the other side, it switches... That's a long another, winter. Another 40 years. <laughs> exactly. Um, wow, that's interesting. So it's the only planet that's like this. So it's scientists like, yeah. are going, what? I was going to say, what on earth is going on? Oh. What in the universe what is going in the on? Um, so it couldn't have happened by itself. That sort of stuff just doesn't doesn't really happen. Space junk. Space junk. Well, you actually, yeah, you've got it. Yes. <laughs> I just say space <laughs> junk randomly all the time, and for once, Finally, it's relevant. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was kind of smacked sideways. Yeah. Um, by a rogue planet, right? Oh. And this rogue planet was roughly twice the mass of Earth. Oh, so big planet. It was huge. It was a big boy. And it was just floating around just out there. Floating around. Just doing willy nilly, just, just doing whacked one, into one. it. Whacking into Uranus. There you go. So it got smashed. Yeah. It tilted this whole thing on its side. You might think, like, if it just bashed into this planet, mm. how did the whole thing not get obliterated? But it yeah. kind of, like, sort of glanced off the side, yeah. I guess, is a way okay. of putting it. So it kind of knocks it on its side, makes the whole magnetic field go on its side as wow. well by 60 degrees. And it also explains why the atmosphere didn't just disappear. Because mm. if it did get hit head on, the entire atmosphere would just get obliterated. But instead, it all stayed more or less just together. Just knocked off. Yeah, so they they basically run these simulations using, using some supercomputers, which mm -hmm. in itself is really cool, to figure out how exactly this would have gone down. And that's, that's cool. the only explanation that makes sense. So do we know what happened to this planet that came in here? Well, it doesn't really say, as oh. far as I can tell. I mean, maybe that became one of the other planets, because this was during the really formative yeah. years, the teenage years, if yeah. you will, of the solar system as we know. When the solar system four... was just becoming a... Exactly, it's turned 13, <laughs> and it's getting a little bit moody and yeah. all that sort of stuff. No. I hate you, Mum. Becoming um, a grown-up solar system. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so about, that was about 4 billion years ago. Cool. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um... So if a planet came and bumped us 
on our side, our whole earth would change really, wouldn't it? Yeah, it really would. Yeah. And the magnetic field would be all over the place and then, you know, birds wouldn't know where they are. And planes wouldn't planes know, where, know where they are. And GPS system would be whack. Yeah. And um, I, frankly, I wouldn't be too pleased with that at all. It's going right. to totally ruin my day. <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> so there you that's have cool. it. Yeah. So that's um, that's the best science that I could find. Of that's some good science. The past week and a bit. I think it was a week and a bit, to be week honest. And a bit. So anything this, else to add on that? This week and a bit. This week and a bit. In science and technology. Yeah. Mm. Twist the Twibbits. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, thank you. They, they were really interesting stories and a great fact. I great really fact, this. isn't it? And my apologies for slacking on the researching. Not at all, not at all. You, you, you've been busy because you'll be at. I'll be, I've been busy because we at Physics are running a science stage at Splendor in the Grass, which is a massive music festival that's held up um, near Byron Bay um, next week. It's going to be on. Very exciting. And it's got music, it's got art, it's got. Lots of cool things, and it has got a science stage as well, which we're going to be running at Physics. Lots of cool presenters from different unis. Alan Duffy's Alan going to be Duffy, there. Yes, Alan Duffy, our wonderful... You know, a friend um, of the podcast as well, isn't exactly. he? Exactly. Yeah. So, that's pretty exciting. And he's not really a friend. <laughs> but, you know, maybe we'll be <laughs> maybe <now>. soon. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's what I've been working on, which is why I didn't have time to do any research. But it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. going to have... Um, lots of scientists doing lots of cool things and teaching people about stuff at uh, a music festival, which yeah. is cool. So if anyone sees us there, if you happen to see Quill, yeah. not that you know what she looks like, but um, she'll be wearing a physics shirt. No, you I won't. You won't? Wearing, I'll be wearing a science pun shirt and I'll be the small oh, person really? probably running around like a maniac in the uh, science. With a bow in your hair. With a, with a bow. <laughs> I tend to wear a bow yeah. and I'll probably be wearing... I've got a collection of science pun shirts to wear for the occasion. Can you give us a, a tasty teaser? I do. I've got, a, I've got one that says... Mm -hmm. Be like a proton. Think positive. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> well done. Love it. We've That's got a proton one. thing. We've got an electron thing mm -hmm. in this one. Um, neutron jokes at all. Do I have any neutron jokes? Um, I have another one that says, technically, the glass is always full. And it has a glass of water. And it's got H2O in the bottom. Good. And then it's got all the gases <clears throat> written in the top part of the glass. I just thought of a neutron joke. Gimme. Alright. Neutron walks into a bar and he orders a beer. The bartender hands over the beer and says, no charge. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I love it. Good, isn't it? It is a good one. Uh, just in case, um, it could have been a Coca-Cola or something like that. Yeah. Not just a beer. This is yeah. a family-friendly bottle. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Lemonade. Fire engine. Whatever. Fire engine. <laughs> whatever you like. Whatever your flavor. But the funny part is there's no charge. Because <laughs> he's a neutron. That's the and joke. And they're our neutral particles. Nice. In our atoms. All right. That's it for Physics Twist this week. I think. You think? Yeah. I think. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, you can meet the wonderful people of physics at your school, vacation center, or birthday party. Just go to physicseducation.com.au. That's F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S-Education.com.au. Also, do you want to take this part, the part where you say, please rate us on iTunes? Uh, yeah, please rate us on iTunes. If you mm. like what we're doing, uh, or if you don't, give us some feedback. Don't troll us, but, you know, give us some yeah. constructive criticism. That's Twist fine. at physicseducation.com.au. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you want to rate us on, on there, give us five stars would be great. Yep. Whatever else you want to give us would be fine too. Yep. That'd be fantastic and you know, it, it helps doesn't us. Have, it doesn't even have to be in the five star system. It could be a ten star system. Yeah. You know, it could be an eight star system. Eight out of eight. That'd be great. A million billion stars. Exactly. In a 
galaxy system. Oh, wow. <laughs> right, I gotta go. I'm getting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, that's it, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.